Well, the Chiefs get it done yesterday, winning up in Minnesota 27-20. to And what we like to say is uh, a win is a win. Much anticipated matchup, Kansas City, though. Pulling through, the defense held strong. Offense started to get a few things rolling. We saw some sparks from the youngsters and even the vets. Travis Kelsey, of course, battling through some injury, coming back in. Winning big for Kansas City. We got that and much more to talk about. Some broken records, some key moments. It's all coming up as this is 10 Things. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 10 Things. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome in. I'm Haley Lewis, joined by Tucker Franklin. BJ Kissel on the road got to go to that game in Minnesota. We are jealous. It must have been a fun one. Cool environment. But anyways, happy Monday morning. We're going to get 10 things rolling here. But first, of course, we want to thank our sponsor of 10 things. It is Mission Taco Joint. Now they got three locations in Kansas City, including that new one out in Leewood. Mission Taco, generous enough to help us in our Feed It Forward program, providing meals every single month to Hope Faith Ministries in downtown Kansas City. We'll, of course, be helping them provide meals and serving each month. A great organization there. Also, some good tacos, so don't miss out on that. Uh, Of course, if you're interested in supporting this program, please let us know. You also get 10% off on your order every single Tuesday. That is at any Kansas City area Mission Taco joint, simply by mentioning KCSN. Yeah, I'm pretty good tacos. Yeah, ready uh, for tacos. Very good tacos. Also, the Ben Holiday cocktail they got going over there. So yep. look at that. Sponsored. Yeah, got the, the Hashtag holiday. ad. Holiday bottled in bomb bourbon used in the any given holiday. I actually had an opportunity, I think it was last Tuesday, last Wednesday, uh, that uh, we went out there. Well, one of these days. Like, that's a day away. One of these days we went out there, <laughs> we, we had some tacos. We had some of the any given holiday. Yeah. Very good drink. If you like pineapple, it's got some mm-hmm. pineapple, a little cinnamon in there as well. So. Very good fall seasonal drink, almost a little bit. It makes the pineapple uh, very stand out. I'm a big pineapple fan, so I enjoy it. But uh, yes, love Mission Taco. I had their carne asada, the chorizo taco. No, I wish it was Tuesday. I wish it was Tuesday as well. But tacos for a good cause, okay? Head out to Mission Taco. But let's get this thing started. We got 10 things top of our mind right now regarding the Kansas City Chiefs. And the first one, I'll kind of open it up with this one. It's kind of like a one-two punch right here. We got the opening play, takeaway, and then also Pacheco taking charge of what happened after that takeaway. So opening play of the game yesterday, Justin Reed forcing a fumble after Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins, in case you didn't know that he was the quarterback for the Vikings, connected a 16-yard pass. Josh Oliver, of course, uh, losing control of that. Brian Cook able to leap on that fumble. Recover it for the Chiefs. The Chiefs take over. They capitalize. I remember listening to the broadcast and Tony Romo saying, "It really struggle with turnovers." And that was this is my best. Yeah, that was honestly pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, with the turnovers in the first quarter, of course, the first play that happens, the Chiefs defense capitalizes. Pacheco takes charge of that and turns that into a Chiefs touchdown. So, good, good start, right? It was seemingly great in the beginning. A very good start. I can remember, you know, we were watching that game at, at down at the Kingdom Bar and and seeing that first play happen, the tackle attempt by Leo Chanel. I was like, oh no, is it gonna be one of those games that Brian Cook comes in and he <laughs> saves the day with that that force fumbled everything? But then the drive too, the drive afterwards yeah. was was almost uh, as encouraging, I think, when you talk about uh what was going on uh for the Chiefs offense. A little bit of a slow start. We know that they've done a lot of emphasis on the run game in these mm-hmm. past weeks. Uh to have Pacheco come in, um, Punch of that touchdown, great to see. Well, it's yeah. great to see uh, those guys get it going early. 
Led the Chiefs rushing charge in four of the five games this season, finishing the game with 55 yards on 16 rushing attempts and one touchdown. An exceptional start to the season for him, picking up where he left off on last year. I think what was important about this one, though, especially was the fact that the Chiefs started off aggressive. They immediately, they set the tone immediately. Uh, The defense has been a talking point all season long. I mean, they've been exceptional. And for them to really get things rolling, and it was just kind of ironic that that happened. I think you got a a PFF little stat in here, throw it at us. So PFF wasn't very kind of the Chiefs defense. Uh, <laughs> if you look at the PFF grades, they weren't uh, weren't the most positive. But uh, Brian Cook was the highest graded defensive player, seventy five point nine. Really? So that's neat. Over Snead, that's going to tell you how kind the PFF was. Is a seventy five was the highest graded uh, on defense, and uh, PFF has a metric called a stop. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with PFF stops. It is a stat that they have, I guess you could say, invented, or it's a tackle that they constitute as a failure for the offense. So uh, he had uh, one of his tackles credited as a stop. I believe he only had three tackles on the day. So pretty good percentage of tackles yeah. uh, constitute as a stop. But uh, but we curious to see if PFF goes in and like changes some of these grades up because I know they go in and, re- and revise them mm-hmm. as the week goes on. But I was I was a little shocked when I when I threw up the PFF grades this morning and I saw Brian Cook was the highest one at a seventy five point nine. Yeah. I mean that's yeah. great. Like we love to see it. Yeah. See us yeah. get degrees, but that's um, interesting. Interesting. Well, hey, okay, they started off hot. They ended up getting everything done. All the in-between, I don't even really want to talk about it because it wasn't the best, but uh, let's talk about the Chiefs extending their road streak. That is point number two here. With yesterday's 27-20 win over the Vikings, the Chiefs have now won six straight games on the road. That ties for the fourth longest road game win streak in franchise history. We got them down here. The fourth longest uh, being 2022 to 2023 right now. Before that, it was 1976 to 19. 68 um that's been a minute that's a while ago yeah (laughs) but uh, but number one though we were all here for that was 2019 into the 2020 season 11 road games in a row that's impressive it looks like i'm looking at these i'm looking at the the leaderboard now so 2019 to 2020 as you mentioned leads the way Mm -hmm. tied for second is 2016 to 2017 um which was a, a good time to be a chiefs fan i'm trying to think through that Alex Smith. Bil- yeah, building right before. Mm-hmm. Oh, right just before Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 2022, 2023. So you have three of the top, I guess you'd say six because they're sure, right? Are yeah. all in the Andy Reid era uh, when it comes to talk about road wins. Uh, and that, and I think that just shows again how dominant Andy Reid and, and like how good of a decision obviously mm-hmm. it was uh, to sign Andy Reid and then bring him into Kansas City. He's been pretty dominant at this time in Kansas City. That was impressive to me. Um, I, I didn't realize the Chiefs had that, that streak going in terms of road reading. games. Um, and I guess when you think back of it, their games that they have lost, happened at Arrowhead. So, um, yeah, I mean, we know that the Chiefs like to play on the road and they get up for those road challenges and everything like that. But uh, it's been it's been interesting on one of my favorite jersey combinations. This is I was just here. about to ask him. This is on our list. Um the white on white. I love it. Incredible. I want to go back. This is a stat I want to do, and I haven't had the opportunity to do it yet, is the record when they wear white on white. Wait, okay. The person we need to ask is Nick Jacobs. Yes. This is this yes. is the guy. So Nick Jacobs used to be my sports producer, and he had a whole stat. We got to text him after this. He had a whole stat list of what uniforms they won in the most. And for the life of me, I read the script, but I can't remember. I wonder what the white on white is, but he's the kind of guy who knows those random things. It's got to be pretty <laughs> high, though. I feel like that they every time they wear the white on whites, I feel like yeah. they're winning. I, I think it was a Chargers game last year that they had won. 
in the yeah. white on whites. They only wear them like once or twice a year, maybe. Um, but the uh, there's a trend, obviously, in sports fashion of the monochromatic look. You see a lot of teams going monochromatic with the with Joel's the, doing monochromatic today too. Joel's looking great in the monochromatic, but um, it's a vibe. Joel behind the ones and twos, by the way. That took me out of the ones and twos, but Joel behind there in the ones and twos. So I appreciate Joel for helping out. But yeah, I, that's what I was just thinking. Is like it seems like. I know a lot of Chiefs fans have some sour feelings t- towards the red on red because it seems like every time they wear the red on red last year was against Buffalo, they don't perform as well. Yeah. And I always think people are a little too superstitious when it comes to uniforms and stuff like that. Um, but I always belt fans superstitious. Weird. Uh, I do wow. enjoy them wearing the white on whites. Yeah, I like them. They're clean. They're crisp. I don't. I mean, I love monochromatic looks. So yeah, I, I absolutely. Love the, um, the red on red as well, but. Yeah, anyways, looking icy yesterday, getting another dub. You want to take three away? Let's do it. A little good old Mahomes. This is 100 with 150 plus passing. And yesterday's victory in Minnesota, the Chiefs offense recorded 281 passing yards. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes was able to connect with 10 receivers with uh, Travis Kelsey leading the charge 67 yards on 10 receptions. This marked the Chiefs 100th consecutive game with 150 passing yards, which ties the Detroit Lions from 2010 to 2017 for the longest, second longest streak hitting that mark in NFL history. Kind of insane when you talk, think about, A, the Detroit Lions. I know, I kind of read that, and I was like, eh. And 150-plus uh, passing yards um, is not nothing. Like, that's, no. that's a decent amount of passing uh, passing yards, but 100 games, 100 straight games, the Chiefs have been able to do that with uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, from 2017 to, to now. That's little, the key right there. 2017 mm-hmm. to now, Patrick Mahomes being able to do that. Smith obviously doing it a little bit there in 2017, but um, we we always I, Alex Smith set up everything that is happening right now, absolutely. and I don't mean to negate what he did, uh, but it's just incredible what has happened since Mahomes took over as a starter. Um, but yeah, you're right. One of those years going to Alex Smith. I think what's interesting about this is that you kind of look at it and you think it shows you that no one's been able to completely shut down the Chiefs. Mm, yeah. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe 150 plus isn't the flashiest of numbers when you think of what Mahomes usually puts up. Right. But that, if you would have less, or, you know, le- <laughs> that sounds really, like, that's crazy that that's the truth. Right. <laughs> but um, it just shows that no one has completely shut them out or flattened them. I can't even think of a game that was the last time that Mahomes stepped onto the field where he was a starting quarterback where the Chiefs were just completely halted. I'm looking this up now because... Uh, I hope so. I'm hoping you can back my thoughts because I can't think of one since I've started reporting on the team. I was really interested in seeing like what Patrick Mahomes' like lowest Ooh, passing yard yeah. was. 76 in his first game because, remember, he was pulled um, for... Are we talking about in Denver? The Denver, the Denver game. In 2017, he was pulled and then came back in to right. win the game. Okay. Obviously, didn't have a fast touch on that one. But outside of that one, 166. Um, wow. What was that game? So against Green Bay, a 13-7 to win. That would have been in uh, 2021. Because who who, Rodgers wasn't playing that game, was he? No, that probably would have been Jordan Love's first game, right? In 2021, when mm-hmm. they put his mom all the way up in the nosebleeds. <laughs> uh, I think that that's what that, what that game was. Um it was it was incredible, but you're right. It's something to 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 think about with like this Chiefs offense is that like you can't you can only hope yeah. to contain them. You can you can even when you have another quarterback in there like Patrick Mahomes will land that 76 passing yards at one time, but 166 being his lowest in his career in like a yeah. full game and like a real game that he's actually playing. 
um, is actually quite astonishing, especially when you come to talk about like the playoffs too. There's been a couple like the concussion game he left sure. against, the, against the Browns a little bit later in the game, but still able to uh, to do that. Still got 150 yards in the uh, the game where he left early against the Denver Broncos. Quite uh, quite impressive, obviously from the Chiefs. Again, this is the not normalizing greatness portion of the podcast uh, where we get to talk about we, all of that we stuff. Become the homers. We, we really have. But <laughs> so the the number one is 124. So the Chiefs need 25 more games to, okay. to hit that number one spot. It's the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they did that from 2011 to 2018, which had a good had a good team. I think they went to the Super Bowl in that span there too. So. They've uh, they've had a, 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 a and they did choke Matt Ryan also a very consistent quarterback in the terms of that uh, stretch right there so they got a little bit of a ways to go before number one sure uh, but still uh, just a mark of consistency I think is what we've just learned uh, and just known come to know from the Chiefs here I think also if you look at the amount of years that they had to do so that was, that was a seven year span seven year span and what is it 2023 so we're right at like. I'm counting in my head five years. Yeah. Five. <laughs> yeah. So, like, Listen, I'm no B.J. Kissel when it comes to that. B.J. would have that number right ready for you, but uh, I, I can't do that. But no, it's, it is in that in that span. They've also played a lot of games in that span, truthfully. That's one thing that I think about a lot with the Chiefs is like, okay, um, they've played the most amount of games for like the past five years or something like that. That's wild. Which is insane to think about. But yeah, incredibly consistent. Let's talk about someone else who's been incredibly consistent for Kansas City. We talked about him a little bit earlier. We got Andy Reid surpassing Landry. That is uh, impressive. Chiefs head coach Andy Reid notches his 251st regular season win after defeating the Vikings. Vikings. The Vikings. It's a new team. Uh, They won the win move. Reid passed the Hall of Famer, Coach Tom Landry, for the fourth most regular season wins in NFL history. We've been talking about this stat, I believe, on the podcast for the last three or four weeks. It was all together wins, including postseason. Then it was regular season wins that he tied him with last week. Now he has surpassed him with the most regular season, or not, excuse me, not the most regular season, but now he is over Tom Landry. He's behind Bill Belichick, of course. Uh, has 273 combined wins. That's the regular season and postseason for that stat. As an NFL head coach, that ranks fourth most total wins in NFL history. John Shula right at the top, of course. But to be right behind Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick with 299, yeah. Andy Reid with 251 after yesterday, Tom Landry there at 250. Impressive. As, as just, uh, the names that you are listed amongst is insane. We have been talking about the stat because you talked about the the, the overall wins. Yes, now right. it's just regular season wins. Um, Tom Landry at that 250 mark, now Andy Reid at 251. Bill Belichick is going to be a, a tough one to catch at 299. He's still coaching, obviously. He's still, well, yeah. Actually, I don't know if they're still going to get any more wins. The Patriots look very bad this year. Um, but the, I'm sure Bill Belichick will get more wins. Um, but that those are both guys going to be active at the same time. Going through uh, to George House at 318. Mm-hmm. Don Shula at the top at 328, as you mentioned. But um, cool to see Andy Reid just climb those lists. And, and he's been a very uh, deserving head coach. Uh, yeah. And uh, everybody in the league really respects him, what he's been able to do. And again, it talked about the consistency with Andy Reid. Uh, we could just do a whole podcast probably about Andy Reid. I'm, I'm sure we could. But um, yeah, I go again, another mark. He doesn't have another landmark, I don't think, for a while. As we'd mentioned, Bill Belichick. Yeah, 299. Or this could be this could probably be the last time we'll talk about his win total this season. But I'm sure there's other things uh, that we'll talk about with Andy. Yeah, Andy Reid, uh, Big Red, the thing that I appreciate the most about him is not only just um, 
people think that he's being short to elude or, or to to not tell you the whole truth or maybe his answers are quick and concise and to the point because he just doesn't want to get into that and talk. Right. I just think that that's who he is. Yeah. And he's just like, that's really all the information you need to know right now. And that's all the information I'm willing to tell you. It's not that I'm like withholding information. I'm right. just telling you what you're allowed to know. And that's it. I'm moving on. He is who he is. He, uh, I mean, and, and you love the fact that he shows humor, uh, his state farm commercials. Oh I think goodness. Joel tweeted that out today about go get yourself some nuggies. <laughs> on, <laughs> and I'm assuming it was Joel. But, uh, you know, for, for just he for the person that he is, the character that he is. And um, you get what, you, you know, you got right there. And and he's a great players coach, also allowing them to show their personalities. Yes. At the same time. Yeah. Being a guy who keeps that locker room to a higher standard and doesn't, you know, waver from it. So coaching is not an easy gig. You get torn apart. I mean, mm-hmm. I come from a coaching family. It is definitely brutal listening to the yeah. comments. And I think for all that he's been through, he holds his head high and deserves deserves all the accolades. That's great. Um, is it great? It, it is great. <laughs> it's great that he's able to uh, to to be as great as he is yep. with the adversity that he has. An- another guy that deserves all the accolades. Why I was go back to Mahoney. I wanted to talk about this one, so I'm glad that you're letting me Good. talk about this you one go. because this one is probably one of my favorite Mahomes stats. As uh, Mahomes has now beat yeah. all 31 teams. That is cool. Um, quarterback Patrick Mahomes had yet to play the Minnesota Vikings, making that the only team, excluding the Chiefs, that he had not defeated. With the help of his 281 passing yards, the Chiefs held off the Vikings, winning 27-20. to 20. Mahomes has now defeated every team in the league besides the Chiefs, doing so in seven seasons. The previous record was eight seasons by Tom Brady. Only four quarterbacks have defeated all 32 teams. That's Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, and Brett Favre. Five other quarterbacks have defeated 31 teams. Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, Kerry Collins, and Alex Smith. It's too bad Alex Smith couldn't get that one. Oh, so I didn't know. It's too bad. It's too bad they never beat the 49ers with Alex Smith, the quarterback. And Mahomes becomes the first quarterback, actually, to defeat all 31 teams as the starter under the age of 30, which I saw that Same. part of it and was like, wow. Yeah, um, how quick. that He did do it really quick, and he could have done it if he wasn't hurt in 2019 against the um, against the uh, Vikings, where uh, I called it the Matt Moore game. Um, it's pretty much how everyone's going to know it. Uh, with the injury that Patrick Mahomes had, came back from that, but the one game that he did not play, I guess there was two games. He didn't play against the Packers, and he didn't play against um, the Vikings that season on the road. Super think, Bowl, but like, who, who, who was it? Because Matt Moore uh, played in that game. They hold him up. I think it was an overtime win. Field goal, Paris Booker. BJ talked about it last week. Uh, but um, it is it is a cool stat. Um, the Chiefs it's really put, impressive. The Chiefs put out a really cool like graphic. Um, with all the the team's logos and and Mahomes next to it, and when and I and I. When you visualize numbers rather than reading them, I think it adds more to the effect of just like, oh my gosh, (laughs) (laughs) like the fact that you're able to get that done, you, some of them, you only have one chance with them to get it done and that would be it. And then the next time you would potentially have another chance to play that team, if, especially if it's maybe an NFC team, what might be, you know, seasons from now. Uh, So the fact that, and and you said under 30, that still blows my mind how young he is. Uh, You, you. You bring that point up uh, about like only having one opportunity to beat them. Yeah, I think Nick Jacobs tweeted something out about like he only had. Like, Why is he on this podcast today? Uh, apparently, he should just be in place of me because no, we're just going to reference everything say. he's going to say. Uh, but <laughs> but he had tweeted something out about how many times it was only like four teams. I think that he had just one chance against. 
that he had beaten the it took the second time right, oh, for them to beat him. Yeah, okay. So I, I'll have to try to find the tweet, but it was only it was like New England, uh, obviously Minnesota. But I guess this is the first time he's really played him, so it wasn't necessarily the second time around. Um, but I'll I'll do some more re- more more looking that up. But I'll have to probably hit it on the other side of of, of a break. But um, I'm very I was very interested by that. There was only like four teams that that he had. The f- only a second time again it just again brings to the head how how important it is to recognize okay i gotta slow it down i'm being so mahomey <laughs> no no i don't th- i don't think you need to slow it down i don't i don't think you need to slow it down i think you can take it all the way uh we can be full mahomey right now uh, because I think, wearing the chief shirt I think talk about it. you love Mahomes. okay here i found it it's from curtis siebel uh, ah, okay. Sports Radio 810. He had tweeted out uh, kind of a graphic of all the teams that he bet that he beat. Somebody asked how many of those took more than one attempt. New England, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Texans, and the Titans. So five, five teams took more than Ooh, one attempt done. before the age of thirty. Impressive, wild, impressive. Okay, well, before we become the Mahomes, the Mahomey podcasts, let's throw it to a break, and we'll be back with more on Ten Things. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're brought to you today by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil or trouble. Manscaped is all new. Handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treats this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code KCSN for 20% off plus free shipping. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-sized package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. There's no trick with this treat. Manscaped has you covered. Get 20% off and free shipping with code KCSN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with code KCSN. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
and he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, guys, welcome back into 10 Things. Tucker Franklin joining myself, Haley Lewis, BJ Kissel. Got to go to the game. Oh, I wanted to go to the game. It looked cool. It's a little, what's that, it called, the school? What do they call it? Now, here's the thing. I made a tweet about this earlier, Haley. They stole that from Iceland. They stole that chain. There's like, yeah, we're going to make Vikings, that. though? Can't they steal from I mean, what they're representing? Well, to be fair, Vikings stole a lot back in the day, and they're still stealing now. So uh, they took that chain from them. They're just like, yeah, we'll just take it and then change it a little mm. bit and then just say skull instead of hull. And because mm-hmm. Iceland did it like during 2017 Euros or something like that. And they're like, okay. that's really cool. So you really did look into that. Oh, no, I did. I made a tweet about it too. So, uh, because I was like, this, people aren't talking about this enough. I needed to, I needed to make sure people knew what, uh, what was going on. Up Get there. Credit where credit's due, Tuck. Okay. Yeah. You, you take it away for this one. We're talking more about Mahomes. Yes. Mahomes daggers the end zone twice. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes connected with 10 different receivers during the course wow. of the Chiefs' 27 to 20 victory over the Vikings. Mahomes was able to tally 281 passing yards, completing 31 of 41 passes for a pass rating of 109.9. Mahomes swung two passes into the end zone, but in the third quarter, his first was found by by rookie wide receiver Rasheed Rice with an eight-yard touchdown pass, and his second was a four-yard connection with none other than tight end Travis Kelsey, which that pass to Kelsey marked the pair's 49th touchdown pass in their connection, further extending their lead for the most quarterback-to-pass catcher connections in franchise history. Not just not just quarterback-to-wide receiver, not just mm-hmm. quarterback-to-tight end, Quarterback to pass catcher connections. 49 touchdown passes, furthering their uh, lead in franchise history. It's quite incredible what those two have been able to do. Oh my gosh, yeah. We, I think I was talking with Kendall Gammon yesterday, um, post-game, just about the connection that the two of these have, the, the, the pair has. And the fact that they can know where each other oh are going gosh. to be on the field without telling each other where they're going to be on the field. I mean, it's a marriage. Like they, they can, except for the husband can actually read his mind. <laughs> like they can understand where things and where things are going and when it's happening before yeah. it does. And I, I even remember the franchise which the Chiefs put out those episodes every couple of weeks or, or once a week, and it was talking about how Mahomes went over, or excuse me, Travis went over to Mahomes on the sideline. And he goes, "How did you even know I was going to be there?" And he's like, "You, didn't, I didn't even turn. I didn't even tell you. I didn't give you no indication I was going to be there." And he's like. I just knew doing that. Like, I just knew. And it, it's, uh, people don't, I don't think people talk enough about how lucky Kansas City is to have that. And I think we saw that in week one, the loss of Travis Kelsey and the connection that those two have. Now, it's going to take, we've been hearing all the criticism about these young receivers and this, yeah. this, and this, but it takes a little more than five weeks to figure out where another person is going to be reading the timing, getting that chemistry down. We're starting to see little sparks of that from those <laughs> youngsters, like you even mentioned here. We also saw some great catches from Justin Ross. Um, but yeah, we are very, very lucky in in Kansas City to have the connection that Mahomes and Kelsey do. And they make great commercials together, too. They do make great so, commercials. That might also comedy. be the best thing, actually. I didn't like the high V one. The milk and the cereal and the showing up and the chips and the... It did a yeah. oh Yeah. But my auto... <laughs> my auto's pretty good. Mahomes and my auto. That one was pretty He's good. Like, uh, uh, anyways, we'll be on a rabbit hole after that. Yeah. You got some tidbits on Yeah, that. Mahomes. Uh, so PFF again, as I mentioned, you could take PFF grades for what they are, especially after a game like this. Uh, he holds the highest offensive grade for the Chiefs this year and the second highest grade overall 
uh, in week five of 84.1 was the second highest on the team uh, versus the Vikings. So wow. um, played well off of, off of a game where he didn't really play that well against the, the Jets, came back, played a little bit better, but uh, second highest grade overall, according to uh, Pro Football Focus, oh, Chris Jones, we'll talk about him later, is the highest graded player that the Chiefs have. Not a shocker there, but I, I did want to mention about Travis Kelsey too. Um, he has 222 receiving yards, and that is leads the team for most um, this season. So he did not play in week one, obviously. Yeah. Still leads the team in receiving. And was kind of limping through week two, and then last night limping through the game to get back in. But that was, that was, I watched that back, and I know the whole, the turf argument is there, here and there, but it's tough. That it's is tough, tough to watch, watch that one and be like non contact injury yeah. like that. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about Kelsey coming up. Yep. We got some more to talk about him. We'll talk more about that injury, what coach Reed said afterwards, what Kelsey said, um, and, and, and Patrick Mahomes, but let's talk about those young receivers. We mentioned he connected with over 10 or excuse me, 10 different receivers in that win yesterday, two of which one, he connected with Justin Ross, another one, rookie Rashi Rice getting his Mm. second touch. I don't know why I rolled it there, but getting his second touchdown of the season first on the night though. I think what a lot of people were wondering going into this game was when we're going to see more of Justin Ross. And yep. I think that you got to give the kid time. You got to let him get in the playbook. You got to let him get more reps. But those reps obviously have to happen on the NFL field in game time. And so we saw a little bit more of that. He called in a 20-yard catch from Holmes to convert on second and 17. In the first quarter, the Chiefs kept the drive going. At the second quarter started, they were able to close it out with a field goal, making it 10-3. to his big gain was the first of his career for 20-plus yards and his second career reception. That's pretty good. Yeah. Ross completed the day with 28 receiving yards and two receptions. You want to talk about Rice's stats, and then we'll kind of... Yeah, I'll start about Rice, and then we'll, get, then we'll, we'll lump them together. There we go. Yeah. Teamwork. Let's do it. Oh, oh, I talked about Rice. No, okay. No, I'll talk about Rice. <laughs> <laughs> Rookie receiver, Rashid Rice. Tucker. Yeah, sorry. We're not tra- I'm no Travis Kelsey here. Uh, rookie wide receiver Rasheed Rice recorded his second career touchdown during today's victory over the Vikings. Today's end zone trip, I guess last night's end zone trip for Rice, came in the third quarter on an eight-yard touchdown pass from quarterback Patrick Holmes. Great play by both those guys. Put the Chiefs up 20-13 to with 10-13 left in the third. Rice scored his first career touchdown in week one and has now amassed 173 receiving yards on 17 receptions through his first five games. Rice finished the day with four receptions, 33 yards, and one touchdown. Loving what I'm seeing from Rasheed Rice so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the dropping passes, I think he had four drop passes through four weeks. That was a big point of concern for a lot of people. Then to be able to see him over the last two games really kind of capitalize on those opportunities, step into that role, I think he's going to hopefully continue to silence his haters and, and be able, you know, he, he's playing a much different kind of ball than he was playing in college, and this is a big jump right. for him. Um, oh, you got some little tidbits. I do got give, some give tidbits, tidbits about... Uh, about uh, first, I want to start with Justin Ross. Okay. Um, because I think it's it's interesting to note that Ross was in the game for six snaps yesterday. That was it? Six snaps really? and was targeted four times. That's probably why okay. you thought that he, he probably was had there a, little a little bit more action. Yeah. Targeted four times, all six of his snaps. He was out on a passing route, too. No pat, no run-blocking routes or anything like that. He was on the field for Rasheed Rice's touchdown. He was split out. Rasheed Rice was in the slot there. Mm. Uh, that's an interesting one as well. When I was going back and looking through that, I was like, oh, Justin Ross out on the field for that. And he probably had a little bit of an angle, too. But right. uh, Rasheed Ross, or Rasheed Ross, put them both together. <laughs> <laughs> Rasheed Rice, uh, second highest 
Oh, he was the highest graded chief from Sunday's game, according to Pro Football Focus. Mm. As 83.2 grade was good enough for the highest wide receiver grade on the team of this season and the second highest offensive grade on the team. So Rasheed Rice has been graded by PFF as the Chiefs' best wide receiver. Uh, and it's, he's been showing it. I think you mentioned the drops did not have a drop against the yeah, Vikings. Yeah. So that was a really big development there. Uh, the play that he had for the touchdown I thought was really good. Just like read and feel by him and Mahomes sure. together to know that the, that's where the soft spot was going to be at. And he had the leverage, was able to get into the end zone there too. So uh, really good stuff. Well, we've been seeing for Rashid, from Rasheed Rice. I know a lot of people want to see him on the field a whole lot more than what he has been on the field. Still been on the field a lot. But just people want to see him get more of those opportunities. He'll get there. It's, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's coming. It is. It is. And, it's in process. Uh, we've had we've had people. We're going to do twenty questions. So I was asking people in our Discord channel about, you know, what do you guys want us to talk about? Ask us yeah. some questions. And some people have been asking about like Rasheed Rice. Like, is this already the best return on a rookie wide receiver production wise that we've seen? Uh, and and beat Sky Moore from last season through five games. I think the only other arguable argument will be Tyreek Hill. Oh, I'll have to go book and look at his number. Yeah, uh, the, yes, and he was doing he was doing more like gadget stuff than he was like mm-hmm. actual receiving. Okay. Like what Rasheed Rice is doing, stuff like that. So I'll have to go. But I want to go back and do research on that and look mm-hmm. at this past. Res- I mean, obviously Deshaun Jackson is the is the crown jewel of all, of uh, rookie wide receivers for Andy Reid, uh, but just in the Chiefs tenure, yeah. it's going to be really close. It's going to be really close in terms of. I will be excited to see that one because I think uh, you even saying the snap count of which Justin Ross was on the field. I, yeah. I was like, oh, really? Uh, I think that I'll be, you'll be pleasantly surprised to see some of those uh, some of those stats. Okay, let's talk about the veteran receivers. We had Justin Watson going deep. There were two incredible catches by him. Of course, Travis Kelsey hauling in that touchdown after an injury. So let's start with Kelsey again, mm-hmm. um, grabbing that four-yard receiving touchdown. That led the team's receiving efforts, totaling in 67 receiving yards off of 10 receptions in the win. 10 receptions, that made Kelsey tie in the third highest reception total in a single game. <laughs> yeah. There's another one. Yeah. Uh, surpassed 10 catches three other times. His career was 12 receptions at Oakland. That was in 2018, back in December. He has been twice hit the 11 reception, or he has hit the 11 reception mark twice against Denver in 2019 and 2016. Thankfully, they got Denver coming up this week, so maybe that's another one uh, to tag it against. I saw a little note from uh, Aaron Schatz, too, in terms of talking about the Broncos and their defense. Uh, they were the worst-graded DVOA. Aaron Schatz, obviously, the creator of the DVOA uh-huh. metric. Worst-graded defense in DVOA like history through the first four weeks, through the first five weeks. Also the worst-graded defense in DVOA. So maybe uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey can cook a little something up against... Maybe Kelsey uh, gets 13 and beats his record. That's what I'm saying. But, like, very impressive that, you know, he had that many receptions after getting hurt. Again, did not think that that's the stat I would be reading this morning when I started looking at the game. I was like, oh. I thought he was, like, done for the season. Like, that's, that's like, the panic mode that I got into. So, so it's come out that it was a low ankle sprain. Right. Um... Better than a high ankle spray. Yes. But like, it didn't look good. I'm curious to see how this thing's going to develop mm-hmm. over, over the next couple of days and how it's going to be at practice if we see him limited today or if he's limited throughout the week. Um, oh, today's a Thursday, though. I forget. It's a Monday, Thursday because yeah. it's a Thursday game. So it's going to be interesting. He has a very short amount of time to get back and ready. So might, Do the Chiefs even need him to play? Probably not. <laughs> Because the Broncos have been <laughs> not great. 
Um, so that's just like another thing is like they're gonna have the Broncos and the Chargers coming up right after that. You get the mini buy like the ten days uh, before the next game. I don't know. I don't know what you're gonna do with Travis Kelsey. It's gonna be interesting. I think they're gonna treat him with caution, as like they sure. did week one. You um, can utilize some other guys. You got Noah Gray who can step in for sure. Um, but let's talk about Justin Watson, who also had I said those two mm-hmm. incredible. He caught two passes for a total of fifty six yards. Um, completed a 23-yard catch from Mahomes. I'm pretty sure that was the one where he had the two feet sliding in. Yes. Um, barely. <laughs> that oh set gosh. up for a field goal later. Third and 18, he caught a 33-yard pass from Mahomes. And then the Chiefs, of course, capitalized off that one, completing with a touchdown drive. It is his fourth consecutive game with 20-plus-yard reception. He, I never thought we'd be talking about Justin Watson as much as we have through five weeks now. Um, not to say that he's not an incredible talent. It's just that he doesn't really flash off the page when you look at who you got. And then he's just so solid. You can count on him. He's reliable. He comes up in clutch moments. He makes catches where you're just like, A, it's a dime from Mahomes, right? The fact that he's able to throw through that small of a window. But the catches have been impressive. I'm impressed so far with what he's done. We've seen Mahomes make some good throws, specifically in the Super Bowl, you know, laying horizontally to the ground and then throwing a ball that hits a dude right in the face mask. And I'll make the catch. So Mahomes can only do so much, right? And he, the, the receiver still has to do some of the work. Yeah. Uh, Justin Watson uh, had a, one of the best quotes of the night. I don't know if you Ooh, saw I this. No, uh, this was to Sam McDowell. Justin Watson on his uh, third and 18 catch and ensuing celebration. He said, quote, take the elevator up to the penthouse. Not everyone's got, not everybody's access card swipes up that high. Um, he, he did the uh, on-the-head celebration after I that. that. I saw that. And it wasn't necessarily... When you think about like an on-the-head celebration, it's like both guys jumping up, going mm-hmm. to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a little cringy. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. God bless Justin Watson. I think he's been the best wide receiver that Chiefs have had on this team so far this year. I agree. I agree. His celebration... I don't know... Because I tweeted, I was like, I don't know if you could do an on-the-head celebration after that one, but like, go off, King. Like, go do, do what you need to do. Um, no, but uh, you're right. Justin Watson didn't really necessarily think we'd see, like, be talking about him this much. Yeah. But the consistency that he brings to the team in the wide receiver position, the trust that Patrick Mahomes has obviously showed in him is mm-hmm. something that's been incredibly huge. But, uh, yes, yeah, some some really good uh, nuggets there about Justin Watson. Let's move on to the other side of the ball. Oh, yeah. Talk about the defense. I feel like we haven't spoken about them as much. And they've been phenomenal. Uh Chris Jones, why don't, why don't you take this? Yeah, one? let's talk about Chris Jones as the defense continued their disruptive streak, including a sack performance by Chris Jones. Jones has now recorded at least a sack in each of his first four games this season. Jones was able to find Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins for a seven-yard sack at the Minnesota 39-yard line, forcing a third and 15 for the Vikings. His hot start in four games with at least one sack ties Pro Football Hall of Famer Derek Thomas for the franchise record of consecutive yeah, consecutive games to start a season with at least one sack. He now has 69 and a half sacks in his career. Jones finished with two tackles, one solo, including a tackle for loss and one pass defended to go with the sack. Uh, pretty impressive uh, when you talk about Chris Jones. Chris Jones has had an incredible start to the season. He also has led the Chiefs in pressures, according to PFF, in this game with five. Those were two quarterback hits, two hurries, and obviously that one sack. And he played in 77% of the snaps, which, talking about a guy who missed week one in all the training games, still playing in seventy and playing in 77% of the snaps with the second most on the defensive line behind Dan and Carl Loftus, who just played in two more snaps than him. Uh, so he has been stay very ready. good. And he yeah. did stay ready. I know we were a little worried about with the conditioning. He looked a little gassed at some points. Sure. Uh, but 
he was very disruptive and he's just been able to kind of pick and choose his battles uh, against the different defensive linemen because he's so good at every single spot on the defensive line. He can just say, I want to go up against this guy this time and go win. And he's been able to do it four straight games to start a season with a sack. Uh, could do it. Could break it on Thursday. Uh, we'll see. With uh, the, the offensive line of the Broncos, not good. So could very well do it. I think the fact that he misses week one and still has 4.5 sacks throughout the season <laughs> is incredible. That's consistent. His agents are loving it. You know. Oh, that. oh, the payday. Yeah, oh, the incentives. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be great for him, but I think it also proves of how essential he is, and the fact that he can put and him also just being on the interior brings the pressure. Oh, yeah. It doesn't. Um, it's not always about the the sacks. It's about the quarterback pressure. It's about mm-hmm. uh, what else he's able to bring to that defensive line. And I think the veteran player that he is, he he wins his matchups like priest and Apple. Oh yeah, <laughs> if that's even uh, a plausible thing. So seeing him continue to excel has been great. Um, you know, McDonald's for everyone. Big Macs for everybody. Big Macs. Um, make sure to take advantage of that one. Uh, uh, in college, I took advantage of that deal. Maybe probably probably too much. Uh, probably too much. But I won't get one Big Macs. Don't really need that every Monday, Tucker. I probably <laughs> should have told myself that. Ah, uh, uh, the personal trainer in me wants to tell you other things about what are in those. But that's okay. That's probably fine. We, we don't need to. Them. Um, okay, let's talk about a guy who ended it for the Chiefs. Iced the game with that sack. Um, Mike Dana brought down. I, I just I love how when I like copy these over from ten things that come in like post game mm-hmm. notes, I always forget to like take out that I I've already announced who the Vikings quarterback is. It's Kirk Cousins, so I don't need to read off to you that he brought down Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. <laughs> uh, it was a ten yard sack ending the game. Chiefs get that victory, of course. After it, it gives him three point five on the season so mm-hmm. far. Through five games, that's not bad. 14 in his career total. End of the day with three tackles. Two of those are solo and two quarterback pressures with that, of course, one sack. That was huge. Absolutely. And defense, man, they have come up in just essential moments like that for, for Kansas City within the past three, three four weeks. Um, I don't know why I said it like that. It's been five weeks of the season, but they've come up just doing what they need to do to get things done at the end of the game, and it was just a perfect way. We talked about them starting the game. Mm-hmm. They forced a fumble. They recover. The Chiefs take over. The Chiefs score. They end the game as well. They force the sack, and then you know no more chances for the Vikings to get back in this one. Yeah. Defense has been huge for Kansas City, and I love to say the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs now have a defense that looks like a Super Bowl caliber defense. It's incredibly exciting yeah. to give Patrick Mahomes this kind of defense. And we still have all the pieces. Correct. Charles Minnehue will be back for the Chargers game. So one more game without yeah. Charles Minnehue. Uh, that's exciting. What I started doing last night, I put together this chart last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to keep track of the points that the Chiefs allow. So right. uh, Lions scored 21 points, Jaguars 9. And then their points per game for those teams outside of the game that they played for the Chiefs, if that makes sense, if you're following me. So the Lions, to for an example, the Lions yes. scored 21 points against the Chiefs. Their points per game outside of that game uh-huh. is 31.8. Okay. So just to get get a gauge on how many points that the Chiefs are allowing offenses uh traditionally what their average is. Mm-hmm. So the Vikings only 20 points last night. Uh 23 and a half is what they've averaged outside of um, playing Kansas City. The Jets obviously is the only team that they've allowed to have more than their points per game mm-hmm. average. Um, which their points per game average went up because they beat the Broncos. They scored 31 points in that game. Uh, so that's just something I'm kind of monitoring because I think I just feel like the Chiefs defense has been so dominant. 
and keeping the Chiefs in these games. And, and Mike Dana, another guy, a big reason that that, yeah. was, that he's been so dominant. He's the third most pressures this season with 14, only behind George Karloftis with 23 and Chris Jones with 15. And he's collected the second most sacks behind uh, Chris Jones as well. It's been his breakout year. Yeah. That, we it's been, we it's talked been... about him in spurts last season. Before that, hardly at all. And he has just stepped into his own. I mean, I don't know if it just was a matter of opportunity and time and preparation to be here, but yeah. it's a year for him, seems like. I think a big thing is Joe Cullen, too. And Joe Cullen, you know, you BJ, play, yes. BJ brought it up when we sat down with him at the Combine. Sean Barber, he used to be, you know, he used to be on the same defense when they were up at Richmond together. And they were talking about uh, him saying that he wants a room full of Mike Danis, just the way he works and everything like that. And having that get the guy get to the right coach mm-hmm. in the right room in the right position. Yeah. Um, and the way he's improved has been tremendous. I mean, uh, the way like it's made us not really think about Charles Minnehu all that much because when we were talking on the post game show, right. people were saying, "Oh, I forgot about Charles Minnehu that he's going to." Yeah, they're like, "Oh, I forgot that we have that guy that we send that guy to a contract." So it's like he's been able to help mass that and put you add Dana to it. And I don't think Dana's going to get any snaps taken away by Charles Minnehu. I don't really think so uh, because he's deserved oh. to play uh, in in the situation. But third most behind George Karloftis with twenty three, which by the way he's tied for eighth in the NFL in terms of pressures according oh, to PFF. Okay. Uh huh. In in the league behind some pretty impressive guys, and uh, Chris Jones, you know, fifteen pressures and getting was I think PFF call it five sacks because they don't do half sacks at PFF. Uh, so okay. it's like a thirty three percent sack conversion rate off of pressures for Chris Jones, who's again we mentioned playing really well. But right, Dana, right. right there with him. I think it's like twenty six percent in terms of pressure pressure to sack rate. Okay. Um, pretty impressive with Mike Dana. Again, that's just me reiterating how uh, Mike Dana has been huge early on in the season for the, for the Chiefs. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving all the things we're saying. I'm loving all the stats. I'm loving the fact that the defense is not the top of conversation and criticism. Yeah. <laughs> this season, dudes are like, oh, wait till week seven or eight. Then we'll talk about some good defense. And it's been just, you know, lights out from the beginning. couple extra notes that we had in here. Bucker has 95 games notched, moved into third place in the NFL history for most points scored by a kicker in his first 100 games. Of course, behind Justin Tucker, that that makes sense. But he's there at third with eight oh seven. Thought that was interesting. Uh, Leo Chanel finding finding the sack, great. Mm-hmm. McDuffie, of course, able to interrupt two passes. Um, he continues to be impressive. I'm kind of. I, I thought it was interesting that they didn't put Lejarius Sneed in the post game notes because yeah. he had another exceptional game going up against Jefferson. Um, and then Tranquil, of course, leading the way, being in for linebacker Nick Bolton, who's out right now wearing that green dot. He was all over the field, um, had 32 tackles, 21 solo on the season so far. That's, of course, not not in one game, the 50 mm. tackles, but on the season. Nine tackles for Tranquil and his highest single game mark since joining the Chiefs. You have a little tidbit on him as well. Yeah, Drew Tranquil, really impressive um, on on a, on Sunday, he played in all 73% of the defensive snaps for the Chiefs. Wow. I saw that and I said, wow, it's exhausting. especially exhausting, especially when you think about he is that backup Mike. They didn't have Nick Bolton yep. go into him and he was dealing with a bad knee after the game. I believe Andy Reid said that he was dealing with a little bit of a knee injury and even popped up on the injury report a little earlier. Just an impressive performance from him. Pretty toughed it out. Um, I really he's, like what I see with Drew Trick. What an addition, though. Um, and the fact that within a year he's been able to step up as a leader. I know he was a bit of a vet coming over from the Chargers, but I will be curious to see him go up against against the Chargers here in two weeks after they pummel the Broncos. The only thing that concerns me here about the Broncos is it's a divisional game. And I know they just know each other well. They've seen each other a lot. They are so, 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 so bad. Which, but it, it just, I, I don't want to even say anything about it because it always happens in those divisional games. Something weird, something wonky. 
Um, let's just hope that this is the game that the the Chiefs offense gets just a nice little almond. Good job. Just humming. Good yeah. job. You beat up your little brother in the backyard. Yeah. We need the Chiefs to flex the muscle. We love the Chicago Bears. Yes. Game. Yes. Build up my confidence. Make yes. me feel better about myself. <laughs> to be fair, they were in a rock fight with the Chicago Bears. So uh, should it should asterisk, yep. you know, a little asterisk. Put it up there. It should be an easy game. We'll see. We got a short week. We will have another 10 things on Friday because yes. we have another game on Thursday. Uh, but Todd, that's it for me. You, you good? I'm good. Solid. All right, guys. Congrats. Happy Victory Monday and enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you on Friday for some more 10 things.